Bly. And I'm Anna Marie Newell, and welcome to Pilot Lights. The podcast brought to you by two highly unqualified adults who break down pilot episodes of new and old TV shows. And just so you know, this podcast comes with a permanent spoiler alert. get it i did new okay good um uh, hi i'm on marie and uh i'm here with my lovely co-host i'm S- Brittany. her name's Brittany. Say yep, hi. that is my name hi <laughs> i'm so excited it's been uh a month i've been looking forward to yeah yeah it feels like it forever but um we're back at it and i'm so excited to be recording with you how are you doing i'm I'm good. I'm excited to be recording too. It's been a long week, I think, and it's only the fifth. <laughs> no, the sixth of January. We're off That's to true. a good start. I um, yeah. I was listening to our our first episode of last year, this week, the bear, and I was like, man, that's oh. like yesterday. But I'm like, that was a year ago that we recorded. Okay. It. Also, speaking of the bear, have you seen those pictures of uh-huh. Jeremy Allen White, Calvin Klein? Yeah, of course. I- with him in his underwear? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. We were sitting anyway. on the, we, we were we were sitting on the couch the other day and Clarissa was like, uh, did you guys see these? And Cammy and I are both, uh yeah. <laughs> we all just giggled. There's like so many reaction like, videos going out where like even straight men are like, oh. <laughs> okay, anyway. I don't care if he's five feet tall. He is good looking. I mean, I have to say, like, watching the bear, which I love, especially season two. Um, I mean, like, he's attractive, but I wasn't like, oh, my gosh, Jeremy, Jeremy Allen White. And then now I'm like, oh, Jeremy Allen White. Okay. Yeah, because we're like, yeah, because he got it fit for that wrestling movie with Zac Efron. Oh, Iron Claw. I think that's why. Yeah, the Iron oh, Claw. Oh, Zac Efron. Hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Anywho. Okay. Well, we need to get boyfriends, I think. (laughs) Should we talk about our New Year's goals, if that's what we did last year? Sure. Go for it. (laughs) Well, that was a hesitation. You don't want to talk about it? (laughs) No, we can. I just don't really have any. That's fine. I mean, and I I know we have, like, mixed feelings about new year's goals but like what do we have any goals that we're working on right now i am going to try to be more diligent in (laughs) i know i said this last year about like following through on things but like let's be specific dishes laundry (laughs) taking out the trash (laughs) i i think those are fair goals well yeah you know i mean a normal person would be like really you gotta set a goal to do that well sometimes you do Mm -hmm. i think my goals for this year are that i think i'm just gonna try to build more boundaries on just my time because especially at work yeah um also i (laughs) joined orange theory did i tell you that 
Well, yes, you did. And you told me what happened. <laughs> so yesterday was the first time it didn't happen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so listeners, I um, have this really awful habit, not habit. It's a, it's a, it's a reaction that if I do really, really intense, like interval workouts, like cycling, I, mm. I, I vomit. <laughs> like, I almost <laughs> always throw up. And then I asked my trainer, I was like, what? I, I, this is happening. I don't know what to do. And she's like, well, that sucks. Um, it's so early. Maybe just try to drink less caffeine and maybe try to eat a little bit of something. So yesterday mm-hmm. I did that and I did feel a little bit queasy on the row machine. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the bathroom. I stood there. No barf. So it's great. Hey, hey, that's progress. Yeah. That's good. That's what I thought. Um, I also almost threw up on Wednesday. I was like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to make a good choice for lunch or whatever. And I'm going to eat, you know, a salad, maybe some soup as opposed to my normal, like, fast food stuff, you know. And yeah. I went and I got it and, like, I was feeling good. And I was like, oh, look at me eating a tomato. And then I swear, like, 15 minutes later, I was like, I'm dying. So I just left. But then I thought, is it safe to leave or is what I'm anticipating happening going to happen while I'm driving? So anyway, I feel like that's enough talk of us. About throwing up. Yeah. Okay, so it is your turn. You have chosen this episode. And so I'm just going to let you take it away and introduce it. There you go. Folks, um, we decided at the end of November, no, yeah, it would have been November, to watch The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been watching it for the last, I don't know, six months or so. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was really excited to watch this. So a little bit about The Sopranos. Uh, it originally aired on January 10th, 1999. Oh. That was one. That's my little brother's birthday. 15 years ago. And two... You want to try that again? 15 years ago. 1999? 25 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Did you think it was 20? What did you think I said? No, I knew what you said, and I know what year it is, so I just (laughs) forgot to carry the one. Oh boy. Anywho, um <clears throat> it was created by <laughs> David Chase. Um and he directed the first episode, he directed the pilot episode and he directed the last episode that was ever oh, bookends um, aired. Um yeah. Uh it was it it's an HBO original series, surprise surprise. Um <laughs> surprise surprise. <laughs> I'm in a silly mood today. Um, Okay, do you want to hear the IMD blurb? IMDB blurb? Yes. Okay, so uh, a mobster passed... Oh, wait, no, sorry. That was the pilot blurb. Okay, the regular blurb. New Jersey mob boss Tony Soprano deals with personal and professional issues in his home and business life that affect his mental state, leading him to seek professional psychiatric counseling. Mm Mm-hmm. Good. There you go. Check, that's right. And then there was actually a pilot... The pilot IMD blurb, IMDb 
blurb is mm. a mobster passes out at a family barbecue and seeks therapy to understand why. <laughs> okay. Um, quick question. Did you see uh, the different like tag lines? Did you see those at all? Oh, no. But did you find any? Okay. I sure did because okay, there go. was a tagline for different seasons. <laughs> oh, really? So I'm going to read them to you because I found them extremely funny for some reason. Okay. Season one. Meet Tony Soprano. If one family doesn't kill him, the other family will. <laughs> okay. Okay. Tony's not like other fathers. Tony is a mob boss. Okay. All right. Season two. Family period redefined period okay okay all right season three america's most watched family that's stupid and then there really wasn't anything for season five or season Mm. four but season five is hell hath no fury like the family okay okay season six was made in america which was that was like for the second part of the season and that's also the series finale name made in america is that what that was yeah for season six okay i thought this was funny that there were so many yeah well i like that i mean because sometimes it's really hard to find those taglines i'm glad that so hey i think that that shows that clearly this series was like really uh out there i mean that like everybody knew about it and everyone was like talking about it so they're gonna take the time to make these taglines I think so. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of taglines and uh, anytime it was syndicated too, they came up with a different tagline. So like A&E just got made. That's one. Um, There's no getting out. That was another syndication tagline. And then the legacy lives on, which that one makes sense, you know, because it was it came out not 15 years ago, but 25 years ago. Thank you. So anytime it's added to a new network, you know, yeah, Mm -hmm. you're welcome. Mm -hmm. Um, They're going to add a new tagline. So interesting. Okay. okay. Um, the show won 21 Emmys, which I think Whoa. is huge. Yeah. And there was a ton of other nominations. So 21 Emmys across six seasons. That's a pretty big deal, in my opinion. I know it is. Wow. Okay. So should we go through the cast a little bit? Yeah. Okay. So Tony Soprano is our main character, and he is played by the late great actor James Gandolfini. Gandolfini. Um, He passed away, I don't know, but it was like in 2012 or something like that. Wow, I didn't know that. He died of a heart attack. Yeah. Um, And fun fact, in the re... They did a movie called The Many Saints of Newark. Hmm. His son, his real son... Like blood and flesh and blood. I don't know why I said that. That's gross. <laughs> Fruit of his loins. Fruit of his loins. Uh, Michael Gandolfini played Tony Soprano as like a younger because it's a prequel. So oh, I thought that was kind of cool. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we have Dr. Jennifer Melfi and she's mm-hmm. played by Lorraine Bracco and she is Tony's psychiatrist slash therapist. Mm-hmm. Um. We have Carmela Soprano, who's played by Edie Falco, who yep. she's been in a lot of things. She was in, what, Nurse Jackie, which I never watched that. Yeah. Did you? Neither have I, but I, I knew about it. Yeah. Um, I, I love Edie Falco. I think she perfects that, like, New Jersey mom, like, suburban mm-hmm. mom so well. 
just those mm-hmm. accents and like, oh, that Jersey accent oh, makes me homesick for when I worked in Jersey. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then we have Christopher Moltisanti and he's played by Michael Imperioli. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Italians on this cast, uh, but he <laughs> was in HBO's second season of White Lotus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Then my favorite, probably one of my favorite characters is uh, Silvio Dante, and he's played by Steven Van Zand, and I think he's a musician is what I read. Oh, really? Um, but he's one of Tony's, yeah, he's one of Tony's like right-hand man. Like, like kind of just his, I don't know, second in command, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and Christopher Moltisanti, I, I missed this part. He's, he is Tony's cousin and also Carmela's cousin through, like, so they're, they're, they are actually related. So I think he calls Christopher his nephew, um, but yeah. he's like his younger, you know, he's not quite a made man. Like he's not quite a mob boss, but he works like he's in you know, the mafia doing things. Okay. So then we have AJ Soprano, who is Tony's son, Tony and Carmela's son. He's the youngest. He's my actual, probably least favorite character. Uh, and he's played by Robert Iller. Mm-hmm. And then we have Meadow Soprano, who's the older sister played by Jimmy, Jamie Lynn Sigler. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then we have Livia Soprano, who's, played by Nancy Marchand Marchand and she's Tony's mother which I found extremely relatable to certain elderly <laughs> members of my family um uh-huh. <laughs> yeah and Junior Soprano is his uncle and he's the actual like mob boss and Tony's like the mob boss of a certain city so like there's this weird hierarchy that I don't really understand um you know really after watching seven six seasons of it listen they introduce new characters all the time and i'm like oh yeah that's not anyone i knew but then you're supposed to know who they are and they have Mm. such similar names and i'm not italian so you know it's hard to (laughs) keep them all straight Mm -hmm. um and then you have like Polly walnuts uh goltieri and he's played by tony sirico so Polly was an actual gangster turned actor which I found interesting. And he agreed to play that role. He's also like one of Tony's like right-hand men. Uh, I guess he'd be the left-hand man. I don't know. Um, Who is he in the pilot? He's like, he's, uh, I think he's one of the guys. I mean, he's Polly. So he's one of the guys. He has like the silver in his hair. He's older. Hmm. Um, In the, in the pilot's interesting because you don't really, they kind of introduce mostly Tony, right? And then you have Christopher right. and Carmela and his kids. And so all the other people come more into character the as show. the series develops. Um, but Polly's pretty much, he's a main character. But he agreed to play this role only if his character would never become a rat, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah. And then we have Artie Bucco, who is the restaurant owner, and he was friends with Tony in high school and he's played by John Vent Emiglia. <laughs> Oof, that was a that was a cast. Yeah, and honestly like okay, as someone I haven't watched a lot of this and I don't know other I don't really watch like other shows like this, but let me just say sure. there are some actors in here. Not the main ones that we've mentioned, but like other ones kind of in the background that I swear like 
are always the like slightly mob type of person in like oh, any yeah. show, right? Yeah. Like it's like oh, the yeah. big guy with the with the voice <laughs> and like it's like hint I mean the shows that I watch is like, oh, is he in the mob or not? And yeah. Anyway, so you'll so honestly I'm just saying like you'll recognize like a few like lesser people yeah. in here. Well there's a character his name is Big Pussy. Yeah. And he's actually like a bigger character. And I think he is in the pilot episode, but he's the guy. And do you remember that Pepsi commercial with the little girl with the curls? Um, and she asks for a Pepsi. Yeah. And, and she like uses that Italian voice and she's like, I want a Pepsi or something. Do you remember that? But he's in that. Like, yeah, I, I think that's fair to say that like all of these characters are like always like good fellows like they're in these mob movies because they're from yeah exactly they're from jersey they got the accent Mm -hmm. they're from italia italy you know italia italia i don't know why i said that (laughs) what should we go on to next the plot yes you want to start us out on that um sure so hey actually this pilot episode which is titled pilot like it doesn't actually have another um name Mm -hmm. It it actually starts with the intro. I mean, what do you call it? like the theme mm. song title intro? You know, which oh, like yeah. not not a lot of shows these days do that, or at least not even like the pilot. You know, sometimes it's like the pilot starts mm-hmm. with the story, and then like the f- like future episodes have the title. Anyway, so in that you see Tony like driving. Is he driving to New York? New Jersey? Newark. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of turnpikes. He's just driving through and you see, yeah, the New Jersey turnpike. Oh, well, it's kind of crazy because I drove this route every day. (laughs) So like from George Washington Bridge all the way through like on 80 and all these turnpikes. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. it was a little bit, but it is interesting. The first three seasons in the opening um, you have the background of the Twin Towers. And then after 9-11, oh. they took that clip out. Well, but it's yeah. the same opener all six seasons for every episode. Hmm. Interesting. So anyway, yeah. um, when the show actually starts, we see Tony like sitting quietly and alone in this looks like waiting room. Um, and there's yeah. like this statue almost like a you know roman goddess or like i don't know greek goddess type of statue and he's just like really intensely staring at it uh contemplating something i don't know yet but he was and he gets called into the other office by this woman um by dr what melfi melfi yeah um, and so it turns out that she is a psychiatrist and they sit down and she's just like, so are you going to tell me about when you collapsed <laughs> or like your doctor, your, you know, family doctor told me that you collapsed and they say it was a panic attack. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. They say it was a panic attack. <laughs> Like, he's not going to admit it, right? Like, he's this very proud man. Mm. And and also, 1999, like, I feel like, I don't think yeah. I even heard the phrase panic attack until, I don't know, no. 2010s or something. Me personally. Yeah. Like 15 years ago. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. It makes me laugh. So There's hard. like a huge stigma about <laughs> therapy and mental illness and mental health. So anyway. Um, well, and on top of, on top of that, the, the stigma of like within certain cultures, it's still there. And I think like, oh, I'm this like Italian mob boss from Jersey and none of us go like, that's not a thing. None of mm-hmm. us go to psychiatrists. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. Um, and so they're having a conversation. Well, it's not, it's not a lot of back and forth, right? Cause <laughs> Dr. Melfi's mm-hmm. just like trying to get information, but without pulling it anyway. Um, what I found really interesting about this scene is when he's starting to explain his work and stuff. Oh, he's in like waste management. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a waste management consultant. <laughs> okay. Which, like, they actually do work in waste management. I mean, there's, like, scenes where they're in front of piles and piles mm-hmm. of, like, recyclable bottles and stuff. But also, I feel like the phrase waste management consultant is just, like, code, right? It's, like, a cover-up for what mm-hmm. he actually does. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Dr. Melthy even, like, stops him. from talking she interrupts him Mm -hmm. and says just to let you know there is doctor patient confidentiality but if i hear anything about people getting hurt or whatever like a murder which i'm not saying is gonna happen but just for example you know like i would have to go to the authorities so when yep. he's like recounting things that happen in his day, you can kind of tell that he's like, oh, yeah, like I saw this guy and like we had coffee and uh, <laughs> this and then like we see the scene and he's like beating up this man. So anyway, um, yeah, he's like starting to talk about things and it's like getting to when he collapsed, apparently. So what are important yeah. things that you think yeah. our listeners should know about? I think it's interesting because this sets up such a good rapport and back and forth between him and Dr. Melfi, where mm-hmm. she understands that he has a lot of like mental health issues going on. And a lot of those are driven by what he does in his job and his relationship with like his mom and his whole family mm-hmm. and like his position as a boss. And, um, so I, I love that that she knows what he is. So that's why she tells him that, like, mm-hmm. hey, I, I have to report if I hear about this and I know who you are, basically. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so he then talks about, I think, like, so I like this, like, this back and forth um, between him and Dr. Melfi is that he's talking and like using these terms like, yeah, so I met this man for coffee. And then, yeah, it flashes to him <laughs> and Christopher and he's like smoking a cigar and they're driving through like a, a like campus, a, a, like a college campus. And they hit this guy with the car and then beat him up because he owes him money. And mm-hmm. it's like, he finds it funny, you know? And I, ha- I actually have a hard time watching those scenes because they're so violent Um, so I will fast forward through some of these scenes and just so you know, Mm -hmm. because I'm shocked by those kind of, I know those kind of things really affect me. I don't like beating up stuff. Mm -hmm. It it bothers me. So, so then he kind of, it flashes to the present and he tells them that, uh, he, what, I can't remember what happened. So it's like flashes to that. He's been having these nightmares 
and he feels like his best days are behind him. And then Mm -hmm. we have like a flashback where he wakes up and he's going out to get the paper. And then he sees that there's this like family of ducks that have like Mm. made home in his swimming pool. And this is a really important part of the story because he's like really tender and wants to take care of these ducks. And like his mom or his wife, this is when we're introduced to his wife and his kids. Mm -hmm. And, uh, He's trying to – he, like, comes in. He's like, look at the ducks out there, you know? And they're like, okay, dad, you know? And we meet Meadow and AJ and Carmelo, like, watches out the window as he's, like, waiting in the pool in his in his robe. And mm-hmm. so she's starting to see, like, there's some weird cracks going on. And um, so then it, like, flashes back to him talking to Dr. Melfi. And so then mm-hmm. he starts telling a little bit about his career and he talks about how his uncle – is wanting to assassinate this other mobster named Little Pussy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they all have these weird, like, Polly Walnuts. Like, it's just like this weird, <laughs> weird names. Um, and so they he, he finds out that his uncle is wanting to do this murder at his friend's restaurant, at Artie's mm-hmm. restaurant. And he's like, that will be bad for Artie's business. He's my friend. So you see these glimpses of like loyalty that Tony has, but then you also see these glimpses of like psychopath where he, or antisocial, he really doesn't care, but it's like, he cares about his friend and this is where they meet up to eat. And so if there's a hit at his restaurant, his business will fail. And Mm -hmm. so he then is like, okay, we got to figure this out. Okay. So then (laughs) this is then after he has this conversation. He's like, we have to figure out how to not make this happen. And his uncle's like, F that. Like, we're going to – I'm going to do it. You can't tell me what to do because I'm the boss and you're not. Mm. And so then then we have a flash of him visiting his mother, Livia. <laughs> and what do you have to – did you – what do you have any thoughts on that scene? I mean, it is just – it's really classic uh, – child helping older parent um apparently Mm -hmm. his father passed away what like a few years ago uh, previously Mm -hmm. and so he comes over (laughs) you see him holding this like big uh cd like a boom box box like it's new and he's knocking on this door and at first we're like who where is he going why is he knocking on this door nobody's answering the door he like keeps knocking knock 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 anyway and this little voice is like who is it he's like ma open the door (laughs) anyway i just it's like such old person and also i think it's also like they're in new jersey and I'm sure the mom like knows their line of business, right? So it's kind of like, oh yeah, yeah. She knows stuff goes on, so she's not going to open the door, you know. Anyway, she lets him in, um, and it's like, are you hungry? <laughs> it's just classic, like Italian grandma of like, are you hungry? I made egg- eggplant, and he's like, no, I just ate, and she like still serves him. <laughs> Um, and like you can see like Brittany was talking about you can see that he obviously like loves his mom and cares for his mom but of course there's like troubled and possibly like traumatic uh, history between them and then like with his father Mm -hmm. and 
And so, like, you know, he can tell, like, she's become depressed. Like, she doesn't leave the house and all this stuff. So he's like, I bought you this boombox and, like, you can listen to your old music. And he starts, he's like, you got to move. You got to, like, physically move. And so he, like, starts dancing with her. She gets all upset. Um, And he, like, kind of tells her that his uncle, like, has beef you know, with someone and like wants to do something. And, oh, you remember Artie, you know, from school? And she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love this this line, too. It's just so simple. But it's like, oh, yeah, I know Artie. Like his mother just told me he calls his mom every day. And it's just <laughs> one of those things that, a, <laughs> right? Like it's like, oh, well, he talks to his mother. What do you do? Anyway. Um, well, and she, there's some interesting dynamic between his mom and you realize like she's, it comes out later. She's like very narcissistic mm. and very borderline. So she really guilts Tony and just makes stuff up and gaslights him all the time. So she'll say things like, like he, I think in the same scene, he's like, you know, mom, there's, there's this really great retirement community. And she's like, I'm not going to a nursing home. And he's like, it's not a nursing home, mom. It's like, it's a retirement community where there are other people and they have activities. And she's like, why don't you just stab me in the heart? Like, she just like, I'd rather be dead. And he's like, okay, whatever, mom. And he like leaves, you know? And so, um, it's just such a funny, like, I, you'd rather be dead. I'd rather be dead. You've hurt me more than you could ever. And like, I don't know if she says that in that scene, but she says yeah. that stuff to him all the time. And since he's like talking about mom, like you haven't been great since dad, you know, died. And, and then she says, Oh, your father, a, what a saint. And it comes in later. Like when he's talking to, uh, his psychiatrist, um, that it's like, what, all of a sudden my dad is a saint. And yet when mm-hmm. he was alive, he was like, the boss and he did all this stuff and and she like whittled him down to a gerbil of a man like before he died and then now he's the saint so it's and i mean it's real i think i think everybody i think that's common like with people Mm -hmm. like you know sometimes you only remember like the good things of what happened or you remember what you want to remember and we can mm-hmm. see that his mom is her mind is kind of going maybe i don't know so and then yeah. and then of course we see him talking about like a relationship between his dad and himself it's like he was this big like huge like you know demanding and commanding man and then like she the wife the mom like you know whittled him down which is like oh okay anyway yeah yeah, I think after it's it's he goes back. It's like all of this is flashbacks, right? So then he it comes back. He's talking to Dr. Melfi about this relationship with his mom. And you kind of see her kind of see that it's this toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes on to tell about the day that he has this panic attack. So it's at his son's birthday. And honestly, this is probably my favorite line and actually was one of the reasons why I started watching The Sopranos is mm-hmm. it's the clip and I'm going to cut this because it's the F word, but he comes out, AJ comes out and he's like, because, oh, I think it's he, he, the dad says 
sorry, Tony says to his mom, like, please bring the ziti because, you know, Thank AJ you. wants some baked ziti. So AJ comes out and he's like, what? No, effing ziti? <laughs> They're like, hey. And like the way he says it, it's just like. And there's like a priest standing right next to him. Yeah. And like, like someone smacks him in the back of the head. And it's like, mm-hmm. he's just this brat. Like he is such a brat. And um, and so then, you know, they're at this barbecue. And it's it's funny because like Tony's like smoking a cigar and he's wearing shorts and sandals. And like there's a fun fact that um an actual mob like boss or something would often like reach out to James Gandolfini and say stuff like yeah you're doing a really good job here and then at one point someone was like no mob boss wears shorts like nobody wears shorts you know so Mm. like they bring that back in in season four um anyway so he's he's trying to light the barbecue and then he notices that the ducks are like agitated or they're like you know making noise and then they fly away Mm -hmm. and at that moment tony experiences like he collapses and has this panic attack and uh they take him to the hospital the next day and he does an mri scan and at this point this is where you see the relationship between him and carmella and you realize like she doesn't put up with his crap she knows exactly what his job is she knows exactly like he has a they call it gumar like he has like a a lady on the side all of Mm. them do and you know he's like well i don't like the priest or whatever and then you know he's trying to get nostalgic and say things to her like hey i you know i i we had some good times and whatever and then you know they get into an argument and he's and she says to him and i think this is important because it comes back in season six but she tells him that the difference between tony and her is that he's going to hell when he dies and she like storms out Mm -hmm. um and so he has this mri they find nothing wrong with him and he tells her about like christopher and how you know he handled a problem and then we have this flashback where christopher gives drugs to this guy and then shoots him as he's taking it and it's pretty gory and pretty like graphic Mm -hmm. um so we're really seeing this like dark side of Tony's job where I think at first you're like, oh, he's this weird, funny guy. And he's like getting people for gambling. It's like, oh, no, he's like putting hits out. And Christopher's the one that's like, you know, doing it, doing, doing it. Yeah. And so he meets with Junior. And there's a f- um, where he's telling him, like, please don't do this in Artie's like restaurant. Like if you're going to hit a, if you're going to hit this man who's turned like that's fine. Just don't do it. And Junior's like, I'm the boss. I'm going to do what I want. And so um, Melfi tries to talk to Tony more about the ducks. And Mm. she's like, so is this, I think this is symbolizing that you're depressed and he gets pissed and he storms out. And so then it, it flashes to him and he's taking his mom through this retirement community and she's like throwing a fit and starts (laughs) getting upset. And then he has another panic attack and collapses in the middle of the room. So then it's like, there's like another flash and he's like sitting in the office again. <laughs> he's like sitting in the the psychiatrist office mm-hmm. and then he starts talking about his mom. We see a couple scenes where there's just mob stuff going on and then he runs into Dr. Melfi at dinner with his mistress. Yeah. And that's like an interesting scene. Um, but then he goes back to the same restaurant with Carmela mm-hmm. and tells her that hey i'm i'm doing therapy and i'm taking prozac and she's so happy about it she is 
really happy. Um, and I think after that, he meets with Silvio and he tells him that like, hey, we've got to help Artie, basically. And so it's bad for our business if his business goes down. So what we're going to do is blow up his building. And so they they blow up the restaurant and rely on the fact that insurance is going to pay out and yeah. it's not going to really hurt him. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, the episode ends where um, Tony goes back and tells Dr. Melfi, like, I think I'm cured. And she tells him it's the act of letting out his, and but she tells him that it's the act of letting out his feelings and it's not just the medication that's working. Mm-hmm. Um, he eventually, the scene is really interesting because he breaks down upon realizing that the ducks actually symbolize his own family and they're giving birth to ducklings and fleeing are like patterns or sorry, are symbolic of his own feelings about what would happen if his wife and kids left. Right. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, the end of the episode I think is, uh, is pretty important because he's at another barbecue. He's talking to Artie and he's like, Hey, you can recoup the insurance money. Christopher has this like meltdown and this I think actually is really important because Christopher's his cousin he like talks to uh, Tony about how he thinks that something was done wrong and Mm. instead of just being like this nice guy and Tony's like because we've only ever really see this charming guy right with Tony he picks up his cousin yells at him and he's like I'm the boss and puts him down and then they eventually like work it out but it's an interesting scene because you see like that he really is this like powerful person that Mm -hmm. like don't cross me, you know? Yeah. And then I think at the very end, Junior's driving Livia to the barbecue. And this is important. Junior's complaining about Tony and how he feels like Tony interfered and that something may have to be done about Tony. And she doesn't Mm -hmm. respond. She just stares out the window and that's Mm -hmm. how the episode ends. Um, So it's pretty interesting way of ending an episode. A lot of people say that the pilot episode is kind of its own. Um, It could stand alone as like almost like a movie, its own movie, Um, just the way it sets things up for the whole series. And it is like very different from the rest of the series, I think. But um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, I thought, okay, first of all, it felt really long. How long was that episode? Yeah, (laughs) it's an hour. Yeah, it's an hour. Yeah, um, it really could. I mean, it like sets up, we meet characters, we see some progress, we see conflicts, all this stuff. Like it really almost was like a movie, like you said. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It does, it kind of sets up intrigue for, you know, continuing to watch it of like, oh, I want to know how this goes down or like what his uncle might do to him. I mean, watching this was just... It was eye-opening of like, oh my gosh, there are people who do this, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like so different mm-hmm. than my life and things that I, I don't know, yeah. value um, how I behave yeah. <laughs> or people around me. And it's just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. But it is, um, like you've already said, it's fascinating to to notice the times when 
he is the big boss. Don't cross me. And he literally just like runs a man over and breaks his leg and like beats the crap out of him. But then also he Mm -hmm. is like so excited about these ducks, you know, and it's it's those times when it's it's just like innocence. There are those scenes of he is a human being and it is joyful to watch these like living things and baby ducks swimming in a a pool, you know, and yeah, and he loves his family, right? Like he, Mm -hmm. he he hugs Mm -hmm. them. He'll, he'll talk to them. I mean, so it's just this crazy like juxtaposition and, and contrast between this like almost, um, heartless behavior and then also, yeah loving behavior yeah i think that leads us really well actually Anna Marie, into the reviews and ratings mm-hmm. so okay. should we go into that yeah 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 okay okay so when we're looking at the ratings imdb um was at 9.2 for the overall for the series and mm-hmm. i was watching i looked on imdb and a fun fact is that it is number nine on the total shows of highest rated um through i on imdb it's number nine which i was surprised was it number nine or number wow. eight it's number nine um yeah and the ones that were before it number one was breaking bad which is really interesting because <sighs> we'll get back to that connection in a second uh-huh. Um, the pilot episode is rated at an 8.4 and mm-hmm. I believe Rotten Tomatoes was 94%. Yeah. Which is high. Like for a six series, a six season series uh, across what, I think it ended in 2007. Seven. Um, almost 10 years of a show. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a long series to have that high of ratings. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to just read one like little piece of an article I, um, this is from the website Collider and it's mm-hmm. a, uh, written by Jeremy, oh gosh, Uquart. <laughs> Listen, I can't say that last name, but it's called 10 things that makes the Sopranos the greatest TV show of all time. And then the, in the bottom, it's like all due respect, but you got no idea what it's like to be number one. And that's like a very famous line he says later. And it's just, it's so great. So um, to call any TV show the greatest of all time is admittedly a bold claim. There's a great deal of subjectivity when it comes to how much uh, a viewer will enjoy any given show and different people watch different shows for different reasons. Okay. Something that fails to resonate with a minority may mean a great deal to the majority and vice versa. It makes the whole concept of declaring one show as the greatest, a risky, maybe even futile venture. That being said, if you wanted to claim one show is the best of them all, you could do a lot worse than picking HBO's The Sopranos as a contender. Airing for six seasons between 99 and 2007, it blended dark comedy, gangster tropes, and family drama into one compelling whole, making for 86 episodes of near-perfect television. A crime drama about one man's family, his business struggles, and his own personal issues happened to become one of the greatest works of entertainment in recent history, and the following 10 aspects of The Sopranos go a long way in explaining why. So the first reason they give is just James Gandolfini in general. Um, And they say, basically, without a doubt, there would be no Sopranos with his without his acting and without his um, 
extreme, exceptionally complex. It says with his ability to really portray what exactly what you described, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I read somewhere where he was just such a gentle person, like he was the opposite of what his character is. Mm. So he would do little things like he wore, he would like put a small rock in his shoe just to like be agitated throughout the whole taping. Or if they had like a breakfast scene, he would stay up all night so that the next day he looks disheveled, he looks depressed, he looks tired. Um, And he really, I think, Mm. was the perfect in the role and gives perhaps the best lead performance in television history is what this person said. Mm. Um, They say that there's cinematic visuals, which is really important. Um, There's a huge cast of characters, complex morality. And I think that's Mm. what to me really builds in why the show does resonate. Even if you don't like it, you can understand this complex ability um, as to why people watch it. Okay, yeah. So yep. not every show made before The Sopranos had a clear black and white versus um, good versus bad morality. And they said, yet the Sopranos really pushed the idea that no one is 100% righteous or 100% evil, harder than any show before it, paving the way for future critically acclaimed dramas in the 2000s, like Breaking Bad, Mad Mm. Men, um, Dexter. And those this show paved that so that those shows could do that same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Having a main character on TV show be capable of murder whilst retaining likable qualities was mind blowing to audiences at the time, though we might take it for granted nowadays. Any thoughts on that? I I mean, I feel exactly like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. to see, like you said, what was it? Mixed morality. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I can really see why the show was like so big. And, and yeah. I mean, at the time I was young and also we didn't have HBO. So like we didn't yeah, watch sure. it. My mom Same. didn't watch it. But I heard about it, not the specifics, but like I heard The Sopranos, you know, and and when it ended in 2007, like I was still in high school, but I remember like it was a big deal. It was almost like, I mean, more recently, probably when like Game of Thrones ended, which is another show I didn't watch, but like I heard about it. Everyone was like, oh, my gosh, the finale, blah, blah, blah. And they did that for The Sopranos. So I can see that. So that review, like what you're reading it. Yeah. It makes sense. I think um, there's a couple of other things that I think are really interesting is he, he talks about how there's like shocking plot twists and deaths. And even Mm. though other shows did this, um, they really set this standard that not one person was safe. And Mm -hmm. so in this show, the writers didn't just write someone off or kill them because they'd wanted to leave the show. They made like the writers made these difficult decisions to just, kill a character to make it more realistic and suspenseful and that there was like this built-in unpredictability Hmm. um i think this part you you probably wouldn't have seen this um just with watching the pilot episode but the use of music in this show is so fascinating and this author says that it tends to get overlooked when the show's best qualities are discussed so of course like we have the woke up this morning opening which is Mm -hmm. super iconic in fact i heard they play it at every Rutgers football game they play that (laughs) song and that's in jersey um and i think that's really funny um however he says that this that song is iconic but the efforts of those who selected the other songs um shouldn't be ignored so every episode ends with a different song 
that leads into the end credits, which we see that in other shows. But I think it's interesting that maybe this was something that was more niche Mm. um, to this series just in general. And then there's like classical songs that are played. And then like Junior Soprano sings like beautiful Italian opera songs at some point. It's just really Mm. well done. Um, There's a comedy aspect to this show that's really bizarre that you don't realize. And I think also he talks about how it really captures the era of the 90s and the early 2000s of like this Mm. weird anxiety about like terrorism and America and politics. And so it's funny that it's he says it probably wasn't intentional, but it's interesting to look back at how this really encapsulated this like this period of time yeah okay and then he talks about how there's just this this legendary finale which a lot of people either hate it or love it (laughs) but it is memorable and that's what makes it such an interesting ending of a series it's bold he says it's a bold and disquieting finale and the final shot of the show is particularly notorious and it still sparks debates over what exactly it means so Mm. um i'm not gonna I'm not going to like spoil it because even though the show came out 25 years ago, almost (laughs) uh, to the day, which is really fascinating. Yeah. Probably by the day we we, uh, released this. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's just really interesting that it's still a show that I, I had never watched it. This is the first year my brother watches it. He and I have been like sending memes back and forth, but it is super fascinating. I think it's like a show either if you like it or don't like it. I think that, it can't really be denied that it did make such an impact on like increasing the depth and um, complexity of a main character. Yeah. 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 So I agree. That's that. Um, Do you have any that you saw or do we want to just, I know I don't have any, but I'm ready to give my reviews. I mean, my ratings, you go, you go first, my friend. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's just, I'll quickly remind everyone that we give our ratings on, um, a five flame scale. Uh, is this show lit or not? Cause we're the pilot lights and we talk about acting or characters. <laughs> we talk about soundtrack or score and music. Then we talk about scripts and then there's the makes me want to watch it more. Um, and then we give it overall ratings. So, for me, the acting out of five flames, I'm giving it five, five out of five. Uh, just like that review said, the, I mean, the main actors, the main cast, like they're really great. I didn't even, I don't even think I saw anyone that was like, oh, that was a little awkward. I mean, not even the kids. I thought the kids were great and sometimes kids are bad. Um, it's, and and then also character wise, like from the pilot episode, I think we get a decent sense of the characters themselves. I mean, maybe okay. The reason I say decent is because maybe I don't really understand that world, so it's like it's still a little confusing to me. Um, and also the mm. mix, the mixed, you know, emotions, mixed feelings, mixed morality, like you're talking about. So it's like, it's not really clear how, where they stand, but I think that itself is a part of that world. So five out of five for acting. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The soundtrack. Um, I'm glad that you brought up that little bit in the review about the music because I really did notice. Well, also I was like, <laughs> 
trying to pay attention to it because we rate it. But I was I was noticing <laughs> the music. Uh, obviously, the intro theme song, um, and then there were. It was interesting because there were times when like so like the scene where he's visiting his mom and he brings her the CD player and was like playing a song. Yeah. So it's like it's not really background music, but but it becomes. Like it became background music yeah. when like he starts playing it, he starts dancing with her, and then like they keep having this conversation, but the music is still playing, and it it adds to the scene. Um, and then you're right, there's a mix. Oh, there's nice. like popular at the time music, like pop or or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you're right, there's like classical music. You can tell that there's music that stems from like the Italian culture and like the New Jersey Italian, you know, so uh, like soundtrack, yeah. I'm giving it a five out of five <clears throat> for script. Nice. I'm also giving five flames out of five. I think pretty much like every part of the dialogue and conversation was meaningful and like intentionally written. I, I mean, I, I haven't done a lot of research into this show, but I would think that the writers did research themselves and like they Mm -hmm. are aware of like how people speak and or like you said there was an actual like mob boss who like gave feedback like you can tell I mean even from the pilot that there was this stuff was like it was good so anyway um and then the things that like were written that happened I mean the the Flipping back between sitting in the psychiatrist's office, talking to Dr. Melfi, talking about his work, and then us seeing his work in action. I mean, mm-hmm. that is just really interesting. So that's five out of five. Okay, makes me want to watch it more. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I gave it a one. <laughs> one out of five. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. And that's okay. Keep going. <laughs> because, and this is, I say this, I I always emphasize this. This is makes me want to watch it more. Yes. Yes. I, absolutely. I just, I really don't like shows like this. I don't like, I don't want to sit there yeah. at the end of a work day or on a Saturday or whatever, like watching a show like this. And so... To me, like, I'm okay just stopping after the pilot. I'm sorry if this offends Brittany or anyone else. Um, It doesn't. It doesn't. Keep going. Yeah, but this is why both of us have this podcast, okay? Like, I, you know that, like, I don't like the violence. And and you even said, like, there are scenes that you fast forward, which I Mm -hmm. understand, but also I'm surprised by because it's you. Um, But I don't like the violence. There is language. Which makes sense. Like, it makes sense why they talk that way, okay? But, like, I don't, and I don't like it. There's nudity. It's an HBO show. We all have feelings about different nudity. And sometimes I'm fine with nudity. I just don't like it in this sense or whatever. So, for me, it's a one out of five. Now, my other scores were five, five, five. (laughs) And this is a one, which is an outlier, which means if I were to take the average, I shouldn't include that. So, really... Overall, this show, like, is a five out of five flames. It really is. I mean, just like you yeah, read yeah, yeah. in that review where, I mean, even if I don't like it, I can see 
hey, this is a good show. It is yeah. well done. Yeah. I can totally understand why people like it or want to watch it or were like intrigued by it. And there are things that I found interesting and I feel like I've already mentioned those, but I personally will not continue watching it, even though I will give this five out of five. I think that's perfect. I, I do. That doesn't surprise me. I think it's a a good (laughs) and fair assessment for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So my ratings are actually very similar except for one um where i think that the acting is definitely five out of five i think all of them really set those characters there's a little bit of like shifting around with like the back characters but i think like tony carmela they're the same character from start to finish um soundtrack and score agreed i think like so sorry acting five out of five um soundtrack and score um just the way that they like I didn't even rec- realize that until you said it, but just the the idea that they incorporate music as like the characters listening to the music, and then all of a sudden it's like part of the soundtrack or the mm-hmm. I just think is really really smart, and I didn't even realize that until you said that. So five out of five for the soundtrack. Um, script again five out of five. I do think some of the characters like I think AJ and Meadow are a little whiny, but also they're teenagers, and so <laughs> to me that that makes sense. Um, and so, but all of the, like, there's a lot going on and it's all like just going through and watching the pilot and now being on the last season and seeing throwbacks to even just the pilot episode that I'd forgotten. So like when Carmela says Mm -hmm. the difference between you and me is you're going Mm -hmm. to hell. And she brings that back. Like there's like a near death thing where she's talking to him and she's like, I said years ago that you were going to hell and, you know, and, and I, I just hadn't thought about that until I rewatched the pilot. And so I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of a cool that they really are in depth. It's an in-depth script. So five out of five makes me want to watch it more. I think when I watched the pilot for the very first time, I would say that it probably was a four. Um, I thought it was interesting, but to be honest, the first few episodes of the Sopranos is kind of slow and it takes a bit of time to get into. Um, mm-hmm. But after rewatching the pilot and knowing the characters better, uh, I would say that it's more of a five out of five. So if that makes sense, like because I've watched the show, I think I've said that before with other episodes or other TV shows we've we've rated, but that mm-hmm. it's there's a five out of five um, upon rewatch. But the first time I watched it, it didn't necessarily make me immediately want to keep watching it. So I would say mm-hmm. I would probably put that at a four point five. But overall, agreed, I'm going to say that it's a five out of five show, just for all the reasons we've discussed and just how impactful it's been, I think, on entertainment and storytelling just in the writing world of television. And so, yeah, that's The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yeah, that's a, so, I mean, we did. That's a big show we just did. On I think list. so, too. It's like. I'm I'm surprised that I'm not surprised by your score at all. In fact, I expected it to be a zero. So I do appreciate you watching it because (laughs) I know it's not your cup of tea, but I do also appreciate. And one of the reasons why I'm glad you and I do this show together is that you I feel like you and I are both able to kind of but you better than me, like look at a show objectively Mm -hmm. um, and see it for it being a good show, but also not being something that you like. Yeah, that makes sense. Like. So yeah, yeah. Well, so, so uh, the show's that. on HBO. 
Is it on anything mm-hmm. else that people can watch? I don't think so. Like streaming, okay. HBO. I think it's syndicated, yeah. so I think it's on different networks. Reruns. But... Yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, check it out, everyone. And um, yeah, ready for... I get to choose our next one. You get to choose the next one. All right. Well, let's do it. <laughs> sure but maybe we could do blue bloods Ooh, yeah that sounds good have you seen that no okay so uh blue bloods can be streamed on um paramount plus it's a cbs show but i also know it's on hulu um and possibly other Mm -hmm. um services so we will talk about the pilot of that and i was like "Ooh, maybe we could get my mom as a as a guest but i know for a fact she would never do this so um (laughs) so then i thought i'll just uh get some good quotes from her because she loves the show blue buds you should get some good (laughs) quotes i think that'd be great even if you could record her (laughs) and then i could just like splice it in (laughs) that'd be fun (laughs) i think that'd be great yeah Okay, so that's next time. Blue Bloods, Hulu, or Paramount Plus. Okay, well, Happy New Year, everyone, and thanks for listening, and we will talk to you later. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. Bye. Okay, bye. Well, the only thing I want to bring up is we were playing phone tag a little bit, mm-hmm. listeners, and and then she texted me. No, she FaceTimed me, and I went, oh, hey, and she's like, oh, oh gosh, I feel so sick. And I was like, why did you FaceTime me? You're like, I don't know, I just want you to know I'm not dead. I'm like, you could have texted me. You also could have just called me. You didn't have to FaceTime me. That's my favorite part. Is in no, it's fine. Oh gosh, I don't know. Oh, it's just getting worse and worse. It's like Anna Marie, we can hang up the phone. So she just kept moaning and uh, oh, my I white think- rice just got here. I gotta go. <laughs> I ordered steamed rice. I couldn't even make it myself. <laughs> I think I needed some, uh, I don't know, pity. And you needed like visual, you know, <laughs> pity. <laughs> well, you got, I don't know if I'm good for that. I was like, what? Why the hell did you call me? <laughs> yeah, text. Oh, I don't know. I'm All really right. That. I'm really, let's, um, okay, let's move on it. Yeah.